Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to the Testudo Talk podcast. I'm your co-host, Andrew Chodas. Emmett Siegel, he's not with us, but we have the guy who should be on this every week instead of me, uh, Colin McNamara. Colin, how are you doing? Good, Andrew. How's it going? <laughs> doing all right. So, Maryland football, uh, obviously, tough spell for them. Four straight losses. Uh, they'll look to, to rebound this weekend against a Nebraska team who's also 5-4. and four. Colin, just your initial thoughts on the matchup. I think it's going to be another tough one for Maryland. Unfortunately, you know, four straight losses haven't, you know, they didn't show any sign of promise really against Penn state. Again, Penn state is one of those, you know, top tier teams, but for them to just kind of go out the way they did was, wasn't inspiring at all. Um, kind of, you know, upsetting for us, Maryland fans or for Maryland fans. Um, and yeah, Nebraska has a great defense. It's on the road. I think it's going to be a very low scoring game. Um, yeah, I, it, it's, it's going to be a tough one for Maryland. That's all I'll say about that. No, I completely agree. And and, and I think for Maryland, it's just there's so much ne- neg- negativity around the program right now. And it seems like every week we go into the press conference and, and the same exact message uh, is echoed from, from head coach Mike Loxley. Oh, we're, we're, we're not there yet, but we're close, right? We're, we, we, we didn't play to our standard, we're, but we're, we're almost there. And it's if the losses keep piling up, it's, it's kind of hard, hard to kind of almost agree or believe with that message, right? When you lose to teams – like like Northwestern, like Illinois, close games, but games that, to be frank, you should win. And then you get blown out against a team like Penn State, which is this year was kind of, you know, lined up to be a year in which Maryland takes the next step. But instead, they've seemingly almost taken a step back. And looking at it now, this, the, 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 this stretch of three games to end the season, they kind of have the opportunity to kind of turn, you know, change the messaging of the season a, a, a little bit. But like you said, it's going to be really, really tough uh, to beat Northwestern. A team uh, on the road has one of the best environments um, in in all in all of college football. A really stout defense, and and I think with that we can kind of go in to the specifics um, of this matchup. And I think for me, uh, the number one thing is is going to be uh, the run game. Uh, Maryland has not been able to establish the run game at all. Um, they have been even trying to establish it at all either. I mean, they're not putting the ball in Roman Hemby's hands in the run game at least. Um, he's got under 10 carries, and I think that's five straight games now. And Nebraska, on, on the other hand, they're the leading rushing team in uh, it, um, in the Big Ten, right? So you have kind of two completely uh, different teams there. Obviously, when, uh, when you look at Nebraska, the first thing you look at is their quarterback, and his specialty is running the ball um, in Heinrich Harburg. He, he, he's their leading rusher, has almost 500 yards on the season. Maryland had, you know, struggled against the run, especially the quarterback run against Penn State. Drew Aller had a ton of success on QB draws. So I think that Harburg has the potential to have a pretty big day against the Terps. And when you have a team that's able to establish their run game like Nebraska has and Maryland that hasn't, I think that can, you know, has the potential to dictate um, this this result possibly. Right. Yeah. You mentioned, you know, kind of quarterback draws for Penn State. And I know you tweeted out earlier in the week how, uh, head coach Mike Loxley wasn't going to be, you know, watching film on the Penn State game because <laughs> there was there was a lot that got wrong, and and he said that he knows that, but hmm, I I do wonder if it would be valuable just to kind of see what they can do to to shore up those holes that they're leaving for the quarterback to run through because as you just said, Heinrich Harburg is a great rusher. He's Nebraska's best rusher, 
And he's going to be running the ball a lot, especially against, you know, Maryland doesn't have a bad run game, but it's not something that's like you can't run against them. And Nebraska, the leading rushing team in the Big Ten, they're going to run the ball. Everybody knows that. So I'm curious to see how kind of uh, Maryland schemes their defense to stop those kind of QB draws and, and the, the holes that have been open for QBs um, last week with Penn State and Drew Aller. Yeah, no. And then Nebraska, I mean, they I mean, they they don't pass the ball. Right. I mean, kind of kind of simply. I mean, Talia Tagovailoa has 2,500 yards in the season. Harper has, you know, he doesn't even even have a thousand yards. So I think, and if you kind of look at, at Nebraska at their past um, couple results, the games have been pretty low scoring, right? It's uh, they played Michigan State, they lost 20, 20 to seventeen, they beat Purdue thirty-one to fourteen, um, they beat uh, Northwestern seventeen to nine, Illinois twenty to seven. So I think we can transition that directly into the defensive matchup. And that's something where Maryland at the beginning of, of the season, Maryland's defense looked really, really good, especially turning the ball over. There was a span in the first five weeks. I think at the end of the first five weeks, Maryland was, was second in the big 10 and in takeaways, they were top 10 in the nation. And now look, and now looking at it in, in their past couple of games, they've, you know, they allow 51 points uh, to Penn state. They allow, you know, 33 points, to Northwestern, obviously going back a few weeks against Ohio State, you know, they allowed almost 40 points. So the defense has definitely taken a huge step back. And now you go against a team where you kind of think that uh, the way the game script is going to go is going to be a low scoring matchup. And Maryland's defense may not be up to par with Nebraska's defense. And I think that's where they they might run into a fair bit of trouble. Right. And like you just mentioned, defense was kind of Maryland's calling card in the beginning of the year. You know, that five-game win- uh, winning streak to open the season, that was pretty much predicated on the defense. Then, you know, the first three quarters against Ohio State, they were winning 17-10 to 10 at that point because of their defense. And you mentioned the turnovers, how they were, you know, they were great the first, you know, four or five games. Um, and Nebraska's not going to throw the ball a lot. They're not going to give you a lot of chances to tur- to get turnovers, but – um, Harbor does have six interceptions on the season, despite throwing the ball very few times. So they're, they're not going to give you a lot of opportunities, but you got to capitalize when it's there. So yeah. there, there can't be any dropped interceptions. You know, safeties have to keep their eyes up. It's, it's going to be something that there's not, not going to be very many opportunities, but the opportunities will be there. Yeah, no. And, and exactly. Right. I, and I think just kind of looking on the offensive side of the ball, from Maryland, right. I, you know, we've seen that Maryland loves uh, uh, obviously to, uh, Tagovailoa has thrown almost 50 passes um, in three straight games now, but you you look at at, at a Nebraska team which is which, uh, which is second in the entire conference in sacks. You know, and Maryland and Maryland's offensive line has really struggled to hold up um, in in the past few weeks. And if and if Tagovailoa doesn't have time, we've seen him struggle um, in the past. So I think that's when, if you're a Maryland fan, I think you should definitely be a little wary of that. But again, you know, the way Maryland's offense you know, likes to thrive is when they kind of have momentum and ride with it. And Tagovailoa has all this time to, you know, and time and space to make plays. And Nebraska doesn't allow that, right? Nebraska has a ton of issues on the offensive, offensive uh, side of the ball. But defensively, that's where they win games because they're able to make plays. And we've seen, you know, uh, this season, Maryland Maryland's offense, when maybe they try, when they struggle, they go against a really stout defense. They try to make maybe where Talia tries to make plays that aren't there and the game kind of unravels a little bit. And you look at the games, right, that Maryland's had against the top defenses in, in, 
in the Big Ten. The Ohio State game, the game was close, but then it got out of hand. The Penn State game, the game got out of hand. And Nebraska, while they don't obviously have the firepower that those two teams um, d- does, their defense does. And, and, and I think that's what's going to make this matchup so intriguing. Right. And I think that might actually play to Maryland's advantage because I think during points of the season, when you see – you know, Talia making mistakes. It's when they're down. It's when he's trying to make a, a play. He's even said at the in the Ohio State game when he, he threw two interceptions there, he says, you know, I'm just trying to make a play for my team, like trying to get out of the pocket, trying to force the ball downfield. That's something that happens kind of, like you said, when pressure's on him, he, he feels like he has to make a play. In Nebraska, I don't see them really getting more than like a 10-point lead early, like through, through the first three quarters, really. Like I think it's going to be a close game throughout at least. So I, I think that plays to Maryland's advantage, you know, Talia is not going to have to, you know, rush the ball. Um, he's going to be able to kind of find his targets. There, there isn't going to be a time where it's like, oh, crap, we're down 14 points. Like in Penn State game, oh, crap, we're down 14 and nothing. We have to find offense now. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be like 10 nothing, maybe. Like even then, that's a great start for Nebraska if they go up 10 nothing. So yeah. I think kind of slower pace of play is going to help kind of Talia relax. Yeah, no, that's a really good point, especially when, when you mentioned playing from, from from behind against those other opponents. It kind of seems like it might be insurmountable, but when you go against a Nebraska team that's averaging under 20 points per game, they're well in the bottom half of the Big Ten in that category. You, If you're a Maryland fan, you kind of hope that, that Maryland's offense can can also understand the situation because in past games, they've, they've seemed to, to struggle to, to, to understand where exactly um, – the game is and where the game uh, and, and where the game is headed. Right. And, and I think that Maryland's offense hasn't really been the problem um, the, the past few games and it, it's been the defense. And I think that's why Maryland has a good chance. I know we, we spoke a lot of how good Nebraska's defense is and how tough an environment is, but I do think this is a game where Maryland can probably pull off victory and snap this four game losing streak purely because I do think they're, they are just that much more explosive on the offense, on the offensive end. And it kind of seems like this losing streak has gone on to a point where it's, it's, you know they they might they might lose seven games in a row to end the season, but it I, it's this team. I just feel like they have too much for that to happen, um, and and I think this this game kind of lies an opportunity where they don't need to to be the defense doesn't need to be at their best, and then they struggled a, a little bit, and the offense even when they've struggled they still put up points this season, and I think that's why this matchup kind of leans into a, a good opportunity for the Terps, and also. Uh, on, on that point of it being a good matchup, Nebraska, they don't have a bad passing defense, but they kind of make their money on their on their kind of run defense. Yeah. Well, Maryland's not running the ball anyways. I mean, they they had seven carries for negative six yards. Their running backs did last week. They, they're probably not planning on running the ball anyways. They're, they're going to rely on, on Talia, and I think that kind of bodes well for them because, you know, if it was a great passing game, it's like, can they really win with the running game? We haven't seen that this year. So we've seen them win with their passing game, and that's what they're going to have to do. And Nebraska gives them an opportunity to do that. Yeah, no, and I, and I think with that we can probably go right into our our uh, our key to the game. I think for me, the key to the game is going to be whether and I, I've, yeah, I've just said this before, but I think it's especially paramount when you go against such a stout defense whose offense can't really do much. I think that Maryland's going to need to be able to to limit the mistakes on the offensive end, right? Because you can't give any free points or, or any free yards to an offense that has struggled so much and their defense is kind of the catalyst 
for all their playmaking. So I think if Maryland is able to not play it safe, but uh, but to limit any mistakes offensively, I think they'll have a good shot. Right. Yeah, and I think kind of like you mentioned earlier, it's going to be the offensive line. I think allowing six sacks and now back-to-back games, and that was Penn State was you know first in the Big Ten in sacks, but they didn't even have Chop Robinson, who's probably their best pass rusher, uh, and they still gave up six sacks. Nebraska's number two in the Big Ten in sacks, so I think if you know the offensive line can hold up and just give Talia enough time to throw, I think the offense won't have an issue putting up you know twenty points, which is kind of all you need to beat Nebraska. Yeah, no, and then you, what would your score prediction be for the game? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go twenty to seventeen. I got the Terps winning this one. I am going to go. I agree. I think the Terps get off the Schneid and 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 pull off the victory and gain bowl eligibility. That's another thing we probably haven't we probably should discuss is Maryland has an opportunity to gain goal uh, bowl eligibility with a win for the third straight season. Obviously not the goal, but it is something um to 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 just know about. Um, back to the score, I'll say Maryland. Maryland 23, Nebraska 14. That's yeah, I'm pretty close. I got I got Nebraska having an extra field goal. You have Maryland having an extra field goal. So yeah. So yeah. obviously we know for for people listening, there there's a lot of attention and, and probably more positivity on on the basketball program right now, but football still is happening and Maryland does have a chance to gain bowl eligibility. Uh we will be back with an episode. Um, probably as the weekend ends, we'll we'll recap what happened with this game with Maryland basketball and the Asheville championship. And thank you for tuning in.